Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. I am your host, Joe Marcellina from nh-highschoolsports.com. Alongside me again, as always, Chris Hetler, head coach of the Dairyfield Boys Lacrosse Team. Uh, coach, thanks again for joining us. Uh, we're a little a day early here. I hope we didn't mess up your schedule too much. Day early, but it feels the same. It's raining outside, and uh, well, we're back to we're well, back. It's to raining, but it's thunder a thunderstorm <laughs> outside. So, yep. so we're almost. It's got to be like it's a little like summer. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, you mentioned we're a day early. We are going to be recording this the next couple weeks uh, on a Tuesday night uh, at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua. Uh, you can still send us your questions or feedback at nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us at nhhsports. Uh, this show will now be available Wednesday mornings at nh-highschoolsports.com or on iTunes. So if you're used to listening to it, you can still listen to us on Thursday if you want. <laughs> uh, it might be a little old by then. Uh, a few things that will have happened probably Wednesday, but uh, it's still an option, or you get us a day earlier. Uh, so, Coach, uh, we are, what, 10 days now to the end of the it seems regular like we season? Just, it seems like we just started, but, yeah, we're, we're, all, we're, we're about 10 days away from, from wrapping up the regular season and getting into the playoffs. Um, it, it went by in a blink of an eye. It's unbelievable. You know, and even with that, such a short amount of time left, um, I mean, there's a, a lot There's a, a lot that's going to change play. in the next 10 days. Yep. Um, you know, starting with a couple of games that are taking place Wednesday uh, in Division One. Uh, the one I think that stands out to both of us uh, that I will be at uh, myself Wednesday afternoon is uh, Bedford at Salem, which I think if at the beginning of the year you'd asked us if this was going to be a big game, you know, we may not have thought so, but and it at may this just point be a coincidence. Is. But Bedford may have thought the same thing. Um, you know, they, they've got BG the next day, and normally, you know, you, you don't want to play BG back to back. And you know, coming off a coming off a game the day before. So, yeah, no, we we've talked all season about how how Salem has been the uh, the Cinderella breaking the uh, breaking into the ball this year, and um, you know, they they've locked themselves into a probably looks like what a six seed at right least now? the top six seed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think they could finish higher than fourth, but, you know, no worse than sixth. Uh, right now, they would be the fourth seed actually hosting Bedford uh, if the playoffs were, you know, to start today. Um, they've so got a, a tough huge, road, though. They've got, they've got Bedford, they've got at Dover, Girton, and then Manchester Central to finish the season there. So, you know, no guarantees, but, it, you know, if, you, if things hold, hold serve and they, they take care of business against Central, they pick up a win there, and then, God, if they could get one win, if they could get a win at Dover or – you know, somehow upset Bedford, yeah, they could finish as high as fourth, fourth you know, or fifth. I, I think, though, um, the situation they were in going into the season where you're on your third coach in three years. And not um, knowing not, until late. Yeah, not knowing who the coach is until late in the year. You know, you're coming off a playoff year last year and you miss out on the playoffs a year ago. If you'd have told them at the beginning of the season you're going to be a 10-win team, I, I think, think they would take have taken it. in a second. Um, but, you know, we, we've also talked a lot this year about how – Coach Meehan is able to uh, bring a little stability to the program, keeping Coach Burge and Coach White on the staff, maybe not being able to be there every day, but having the kids, the familiarity of, of having those two coaches around uh, is huge for those guys. So, yeah, so Salem, Salem pretty much locked in at worst as a sixth seed. Uh, the other surprise, and but but no surprise to you, you kind of picked them in the beginning of the season as a team. Well, uh, and they, fi they finally paid off there. Finally paid off. For I think you. I've done that the last Coach couple Munson of years. Coach Munson is a, doing a great job with his guys. Picks up an overtime win today over Hanover. Huge for his guys. I mean, pretty much guarantees them in now. That Looks like I, I'm not sure they can get above the seventh seed, but um, definitely in the playoffs and a, a huge uh, – 
huge victory for the for the guys today. I think they would probably need you know Londonderry or Salem to really kind of slip there in order to move up higher than that. Um, you know, but y you look at that um, starting the year one and six and coming back and they're now seven and seven. Looks uh, like they could get to nine wins could, on the season. Yeah, could possibly get to nine wins, um, likely nine and eight. Uh, you know, I know, and they they were missing Sean Holland for most of the year. Uh, Talked to Coach Munson over the weekend, and Sean was still it seems like he's still he banged up right now. Yeah, I saw um, him. He played. Um, um, now I'm drawing a blank on who I, I just saw them play against Pinkerton. I think wasn't against it? Pinkerton. Yes, yeah. he did play against Pinkerton, but I noticed he didn't. You know, didn't look like he played against Sawigan the other day. Yep. You know, and that was what we I think we kind of said last week, looking at their remaining games. They needed probably needed to beat Sauhegan and beat Hanover to get, you know to have a shot at getting into the playoffs and they've now done both those things so you know they do they get a tough game they got to go out to Exeter on Wednesday they got to turn around tomorrow and play Exeter so you know a lot of a lot of physical and emotional energy spent today you know how do they how do they turn around and play against Exeter do you ride the adrenaline um, they do have a nice little layoff after that so maybe you know hopefully hopefully the boys can find a way to fire it up and go out and give Exeter a good game and, and I still wouldn't count out. You know that game to end of the season against Nashua North. Um, Again, I know back to back I mean, they play Concord the day before rivalry game senior night for both teams. You know, forgot that it's at Sellos, so it's going to be it's yeah, going to be home yeah. field for both. Not a not a long trip no, for yeah. actually probably a shorter trip for, for South there. Yeah. Um, I mean they beat them by thirteen the first time around, but I mean I, I've seen too many North South games in too many sports to think that it's ever. Sure. One team is ever going to come in and roll over the other. I mean, there's very rare occasions, but you know, I it, it I wouldn't I wouldn't put that one in the win column. You know, before they uh, step onto the field there. Right, but but just a huge you know just a huge uh, you know compliment to Coach Munson and, and the job he's done with his guys. That you know already with with ten days to go, you can say, look, I'm, I'm in the we we're in the playoffs and let's let's get healthy and uh, peak at the right time, and. Um, you know, obviously, you, you, nobody wants to play BG and Pinkerton in the first round, but hey, you're in, and if you win a couple of games and the breaks go the right way, maybe you sneak into that sixth spot. Um, you know, the uh, we talked about you know this top seven here. Um, what we haven't mentioned is that that, that eighth seed is going to go to two teams that I think we both thought were probably going to get in this year in Hanover and and Sauhegan. Um you know, yeah. kind of a perfect storm of things for Sauhegan. Just, you know, you can't control injuries, you know, and they, they do. They have a very talented roster. But, you know, when you lose key guys uh, throughout the season, they're, you know, like we talked about, there aren't a lot of teams that have huge amounts of depth. And when you lose some of your better players, um, that's going to hurt you. But they're still fighting. And um, so what you and I have seen, I, I think that game, the Sauhegan-Hanover game, the winner of that probably is, is going into the playoffs. They're both sitting at five – are they both? I think they're both five and eight right now. Uh, Hanover. Uh, well, Hanover dropped nine, to five yeah. and nine. Yeah. So the the team that gets to six wins may get in. And not saying that they they both can't beat some of the other teams left on their on their schedule, but I think that the winner of that game definitely has the inside track. So Thursday uh, at Sauhegan is is probably for that last playoff spot. That yeah. They I mean they they both they both have Londonderry down the stretch. Uh, Hanover plays Middlebury Union. That I think oh. we both kind of. You know, uh, teams in Vermont. Uh, yep. <laughs> that's maybe about what our, our knowledge of them is right now. Um, Sauhegan, though, uh, you know, outside of that Hanover game, you know, they, they play at Londonderry, they play Bedford, and they play at Exeter to finish the season. So, always you know, tough. You got to go on the road to Londonderry, 10 a.m. on a Saturday. That's that's going to be a, that's going to be a tough one. You know, for at least at Londonderry, you're waking up at home, but for Sauhegan, you're getting up extra early on a Saturday after a Friday night. 
having to play on the road, you know, it's and and what I think it might rain. I think it's supposed to be kind of rain, a rainy day be, yep, Saturday. Raining, so yeah. um, which actually, you know, might might actually help Sauhegan with depleted numbers right now. You slow, you know, the, the uh, rain and a sloppy track actually actually favors a team that maybe needs a little bit of help in that matchup. So. Who knows? Are there, they're still not haven't been a turf team long enough to uh, <laughs> to get rid of those uh, grass roots. I yeah. guess you would say. Yeah. Um, you know, and we kind of talked about the middle of the pack. Um, you know, it looks like right now Bedford, Londonderry, and Salem uh, kind of there could be some could be some movement in there. But Bedford sitting, you know, uh, in the driver's seat for the four four seed, Londonderry for the five, and, and Salem for the six. It looks like right now. Yeah. Um, I think at this point we kind of just, uh, you know, look at BG. I mean, they've pretty much got that number one seed locked up with Pinkerton's loss to, to Longmeadow the other day. Um, but that kind of opens the door maybe if something weird happens for, for Exeter to, to maybe jump up to the two seed, you know, considering that, that they finished the year with a game against Pinkerton. Um, and Pinkerton has still has to play Lincoln Sudbury, um, you know, which – They've got Lincoln Sudbury. They've got an Andover team that has some losses on their schedule this year, but against quality Massachusetts teams. So, you know, uh, luckily Pinkerton gets them at home. If they can get through that game, then then it does. It sets up uh, a, a pivotal game at Lincoln Sudbury, you know, against the the Massachusetts State champion from last year, and then and then they finish the season with Exeter there. Um, so, if if somehow they were to, to win those other games, but then lose at Exeter. They would be tied with with losses and and tied head to head. So at that point, you'd go to strength of schedule against playoff teams. And you know, at this point, with with all the movement that's still still there, it's kind of hard it's to kind of hard to play that out. It's a bit of a mess. Um, you know, when you get into the the tiebreakers and and you know who who's who's in the tournament too. So you if you're Coach you O'Reilly and too. Coach Holly, at this point, you're basically saying, look, we control our own destiny. If we if we take care of business and we win the games that we have left on our schedule. We can do that. The only thing is, how much does it really matter, though? Because at this point, both you're, you're flip-flopping the two and the three seed. So, you know, and the teams underneath you are teams that, you know, in reality you should beat, and it, it really shouldn't matter. So, you know, uh, at the end of the season, what, what kind of cards are the two teams going to show? You know, because it, it looks like there's a good chance they're going to see each other again in the semifinals. Yeah. Uh, both both coaches, too, with, with uh, very creative defensive minds. So it'll be interesting to see – what they show in that final that final game there, um, and what what maybe they'll wait to hold out if for a potential semifinal. I mean, I, I you almost kind of hope that it ends up being that way. I mean, because that I mean that that should be a good game to end the season. But if there's nothing on the line, you know, you you're not playing for anything, then you know why not just you know that that'll be the interesting thing if 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 uh, Pinkerton if Pinkerton drops a game to either Andover or or Lincoln Sudbury. They're coming into that game knowing that, you know, they could flip-flop seeds. I Again, even still, I don't know how much either team will care whether they're the two or the right. three seed. It would be one thing if you were staring at the gun and having to play BG in, in the semifinals instead of in the championship. But uh, You know, we, you mentioned the Lincoln-Subbury game for, for B- Pinkerton coming up. Of course, BG has its own interesting uh, out-of-state game at the end, you know, last week of the season against Duxbury. First time they'll be playing up here at Stelos. And – Interesting. A Duxbury team that handedly yep. beat Lincoln Sudbury, a team again. You know, my brother coaches there, and thinking that you know they're they're they've got a, a good good chance to repeat as the champions, and they hold Lincoln Sudbury to two goals. Uh, just a really impressive defensive effort there. 
Um, so that'll be that'll be probably BG's biggest cha offensive challenge of the year. It looks like. I mean, on that's paper the biggest right thing now. that that I thought that was the first thing I thought when I saw that. If if they're able to hold Lincoln I mean, Sudbury, who you know any team to two goals, you oh. play a Division One in Massachusetts and you're holding a team to two goals. That that's pretty impressive. I don't care whether you're playing zone man to man or what. That's that's a that's an impressive. Uh, uh, defensive effort right there you know and maybe uh, you know maybe a couple other teams coming out to scout that game uh, Wednesday ju New Hampshire teams so. just to think I would think so maybe you know, maybe get some ideas defensively yeah, about how, yeah. to, how to approach Brian and Sean and Brennan McGinnis and, and Ollie Drew Haley all these guys I, you're out just there. gonna keep naming names and Sam that's, Prunier that's really, or, you know Ben Obladian I think that's really know. the difference is that there's no one guy I mean sure you focus on Brian but you, do you, you, do, yeah. you, you you've got then five other guys that are gonna that have you know can score on you you know but as we've talked about it's high school it's high school lacrosse so you go into it always thinking that look they're they're high school kids and anybody can have a bad day and and not be at their peak and uh so i think that's the approach that all these teams have going into the playoffs um and i know i know pinkerton and exeter believe that if they get to the championship they can they can beat they can beat the cardinals you know bedford too there's no reason why bedford doesn't think they can get there too just to uh to sidetrack us a little bit here a eh? we got a because we get a score of a uh undefeated team losing its first game uh this year uh, on the girls side Portsmouth uh beat John Stark 10 to 7 this afternoon uh one of the few games that was played today I thought you were gonna tell me Portsmouth lost no for no, no 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 <laughs> um you know so John Stark girls had been undefeated in division two they they get their f uh first loss against that uh, and that was a big test champs yeah going into that game kinda I mean kind of a lighter schedule earlier in the year right for them. yeah and late you know a late schedule too I don't think I think they played maybe two games in April or three games in April, so they've had to pack in a lot of games down the stretch here. Um, but you know, I don't think you know there's anything that they could really be, you know, too upset about a 10-7 loss against a, a team like Portsmouth, whose only losses have been to Division One teams. So. Yeah, um, and and on that side, you know, while while we're sidetracked, Winnicott uh, upsetting upset. Well, I don't even really know if it's an upset. They, they, beating, they beat them last Bedford, year too. But beating yeah, Bedford, yeah, eleven to know, ten. Uh, so. You know, just an incredible amount of, uh, I don't know if parity is the right word, but just it's a very competitive girls division this year in both D1 and D2. I think you could maybe take the top four or five teams in Division One, the top two, three, maybe four teams in Division Two, and maybe even the top couple teams in Division Three and Make a great, make a great tournament. Yeah, you'd have a nice tournament there. I feel like we had this conversation last year where uh, we could have a, we could have a nice open <sighs> tournament in, in uh, across divisions. We we um, we probably had it, it's probably out there in the public record somewhere that we had this conversation. But I think we've had this conversation in the last four years just amongst the you know. Didn't uh, we say us. maybe take you know like four in D one, two in D two, and another two in D three or something like that? You know, and, and make a little eighteen tournament or something. Yeah, you know? but but, we, we know, but what do we know? <laughs> Uh, so let's uh, let's kind of stick in Division Two here, though. But you know, go back to to the boys' side of things because it's not starting to, you know, I, I think we're starting to see kind of the um, the heavyweights, if you will, really square off against each other. Of course, uh, you guys had your game against Dover last week. Um, you know, Dover then has to play Portsmouth on on Turns Monday. On Monday, uh, uh, you comes know, Port Portsmouth makes a little bit of a statement there, winning winning fourteen to ten and. You know, uh, Dover Dover made a valiant effort at the end. You know, a little bit of a comeback there. You know, it was a 12-6 spread going into the fourth. So, you know, Portsmouth kind of kind of responding with a shot across the bow of their own. Uh, you know, with a, with an impressive outing at at Dover. Um, you know, anytime you can go on the road and score 14 goals against a quality opponent like Dover, that's uh, that's pretty impressive. Um, so. 
Uh, yeah, you know, Port, Portsmouth, it looks like they've, they're they sort of locking themselves into that two seed right now. Yeah, yeah. And then you had, um, you know, Winnicunit going to Wyndham yesterday, or on Monday, Luke coming up short 12-10 in that one. So that one, um, you know, that could, could really come into play in terms of seeding. You know, Winnicunit finishes with Derryfield and Portsmouth. Um, going to be two tough games for them. They only play 14 games while Wyndham still has five games left and plays 18 you know that could make a big difference so, the way it looks like it's shaping up and again dover's got a very tough week this week they've got to watch out for a talented merrimack valley team tomorrow a merrimack valley team that's been scoring a lot of goals and defensively getting better and better with each game uh dylan Arant and colby mercy are filling up the net for them uh if dover trips up there and then they trip up against salem all of a sudden they they could end up with four losses on the season and make things real interesting in the standings uh, with possibly, you know, Merrimack Valley or a Wyndham jumping them. Um, you know, looking if everything holds served, it kind of looks like Dover would be in the three seed. Wyndham, by virtue of an 18-game schedule, uh, would likely finish somewhere around 14-4. and four. And then you've got Merrimack Valley and Winnicunit kind of uh, battling. There might be well, some tiebreakers involved there um, with, with both teams potentially finishing 10-4. and four. Or, you know, again, you know, a lot of things left to be played. Winnicunit, very good team. They've got Dover and Portsmouth left. So if they were able to get a win or, or win both of those games, then all of a sudden they're they're a top two team. And you haven't even mentioned uh, Goffstown is right in there Goffstown too. Goffstown 8-3 and three eight, right now. You know, six in a row. Um, looking at their schedule, I mean, they finish with two tough games, but there's three in between there. They could have end up with 11 wins. Their season's going to be determined Wednesday, Wednesday and Friday. They've got Bo and Keen, two teams in the playoff hunt right now. That um, you know those teams, if they're if they're able to win those games, take care of business against Manchester Memorial, come in 11 and three against Derryfield and Portsmouth. Now, now you're looking at it worse than 11 and five season, and that's good enough probably for. It, it, you know, I, I'm trying to do the rating in my head, but at it, it, worst, that's going to be a seven seed. They could finish as high as a five or a six. Yeah. You know, and in I, there. I mean, who knows how things break? Yeah. You know, depending on what, again, the, r the rate, figuring out ratings. Um, and, and, you know, Goffstown has, with that win over Merrimack earlier in the year, gives them ah, an, extra an extra point. So even if they do finish 11 and five, that might be good enough bump to bump them up, them up yeah. into, into there. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, but that that game Friday at Keene, I think, is the one that you really, really circle just because uh, quality opponent and a tough place to play, a long bus ride. You know, uh, what's Keene? So Keene's sitting, Keen sitting at uh, uh, seven and five. Seven and five. They got yeah. seven and five. They get a game with Laconia coming up um, uh, tomorrow. Which is an interesting one. That That's, you know. Which uh, potentially, does they – think because they're playing down do they, they wouldn't I, it's not down i think if you go one to three you lose then a you're point okay. then you're or okay actually, yeah two to three i don't think is is uh yep. you're okay you um, still get a full four points for that you know it looks um you know keen if they can get through those if they can get through the if they can get through laconia and goffstown unblemished you know they're going to end up with only five losses on the seat with only five losses on the season uh you know if they hold serve against pembroke and manchester memorial so it's a deep field this year in d2 it, well to that, um, you know, a team we talked about a couple weeks ago as really being, I think, a, a tough luck team to start the season that has gotten itself back into playoff contention in the last couple weeks is uh, Oyster River. Yep. Started the year 0-7, had three of those losses by two goals or less, uh, won four in a row since then, including, uh, you know, big one-goal win on Monday uh, against Kennett. And their last three games of the season – 
you know, uh, Spalding and Pembroke, teams that are struggling this year. They get St. Thomas get at home. Rematch with you know, St. Thomas. Big Seacoast, big Seacoast rivalry. Uh, you I, know, you got to imagine that they're going to be fired up for that one, given yep. the way they lost to them earlier in the year, kind of late. They could get in at seven and seven. Go, they could. going zero and seven and then finishing seven and zero. I mean that that's going to be a bit. You know, depending on saying, you know, I know Coach Willihan and he's not going to give up. He's going to scratch, claw and fight his way to the end. There, they're sitting on on four wins right now. If they're able to pull out a win at Timberlane tomorrow, they get to five. They still got Merrimack Valley, Dover, Wyndham on the schedule. So three tough games there. They're going to be looking at. They're going to circle that Oyster River game and say, look, if we're going to get in the playoffs, we got to win that game. So. Um, that, that game on the 21st is going to be a huge game for both St. Thomas and Oyster River. Well, given the way that some teams are, are, are kind of in a slide right here, I mean, even at 6-8, and eight, Oyster you, River you could still probably, get in. You will, a 6-8 and eight team will probably be the 11 or 12 seed this year, most I mean, likely. Yeah. You know, another team, uh, Kingswood, that I saw earlier this year, too, a nice job. If, if the playoffs were, were to start today, they they would be in and in, in a relatively high seed. They like would an they'd, eight or a nine they'd be the eight seed. They'd be yeah. hosting Keene, I think, in the nine in the eight nine game. Um, you know, they're sitting on seven wins right now. Likely likely going to get to eight. Yeah, um, and they, they have a couple of losses in there too that you look at and say, geez, if we'd have just done this or that, you know, maybe it'd be a different game. They maybe yep. they we'd be talking about them as a potential. Yep. You know, top you know, they six. Get, they seed. got a one goal. They got a one goal loss to a quality Winnicunit team in there. A close loss to Oyster River, um, you know. Yeah, so it looks like they're gonna, you know, at worst finish up. Uh, was it eight and six this year? It looks like, most likely. So you know, a good season for Kingswood, and um, you know, they'll be a team. They'll be they'll be a, a tough out in the playoffs. Know, and I feel like they're a team that usually this is what happens. They come on late in the year. I remember a couple of years ago, didn't they? They upset. Uh, I want to say Goffstown. Going into the playoffs. Uh, when, oh, oh it going into the playoffs. Going and then into they the beat, playoffs. They beat, and they beat, somebody they beat the, Wyndham yeah. in the quarterfinals yeah. and then gave Portsmouth a heck of a game. It was 2016. Yeah. Gave them all they could handle uh, going going into the into the semifinals there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Coach Coach Tetrault does a great job with his guys up there. And I think, you know, being a northern school, it's like some of the, you know, like Kennett and some of those guys. Anything north of Concord, right? You're playing on a grass field and, yeah. and well, you got snow um, on the no, ground. Half the, well, actually, they do. Kingswood they have turf has up turf, there. You're yeah. right. I don't, know turf, if they, I don't know if they plow it or yeah. not. But, you know, they I, with the with the way this spring went, though, they may have plowed it and then gotten more snow and, and then, then plowed it. And then got, it. Yeah. Right. Right. yeah, it seemed like that went that way this spring. Um, um, you know, um, going to move on to, to Division Three, where I think, you know, the, the more and more we look at it, we kind of know who the top – three teams are going to be but after that i mean i i think it's wide open for that f you know four to eight seeds it, it it seems like it could be anybody a any of of what's that uh, five spots for let's say nine teams right now uh i i which is you know crazy and, and exciting with 10 days left in the season a big big game with hopkinson and pelham coming up this weekend kind of see you know is pelham for real we we know that you know they had a a late coaching hire, and a lot of their games were, were later in May, and we said that this was going to be a tough stretch for them, but they're they're coming through it fine right now. They're unscathed, and uh, you know we'll, that'll be a bit that'll be a big showdown for them. Yeah, huge win the other day, um, fourteen to nothing over Kearsarge. That that seems like it's been struggling this year, but I mean shutting out any. I mean that's um, you know a couple wins now this year. I mean they're winning games by a lot. Uh, Pelham is. Um, you know, only been under ten goals in face-offs and goaltending. Yeah. You know, they've got a great face-off guy, and they've got they've got a uh, quality in the goal. So, w whenever you can have those two things, you're going to win a lot of games. You know, Laconia. Um, I, 
I want to see I want to see them what they do when they go out to Keene. I mean, Keene Keene is a good Division two team. We're going to find out tomorrow, you know, just how good Laconia is. They had a little setback against Hopkinton, and then they finished they finished the season against Monadnock, Interlakes, and Guilford. So, I think Laconia has definitely established themselves as one of the one of the top three teams there. Um, you know, and then uh, another team we saw coming into the season we thought that would be good would be uh, Plymouth this year too. Um, the only one that kind of sticks out to me is that is that seven six loss to to, to Campbell, and um, you know at, at home to Campbell too. At that's home, that, right. yeah. that that's that's a little that's that was a little little bit concerning there. But um, you know they've had they've had good good solid scores the rest of the season there. Um, so I would I would look for them. And then the other the other team that I like getting stronger now with their goaltender back is Trinity. Um, they're they're scoring goals again. Ethan Messner's back on the field and not in the cage where <laughs> where I think yeah. where yeah. I think he belongs. And uh, and now um, they they look to be on a little bit of a hot streak. They're they're giving up uh, you know less than five goals a game now over the last yeah. as last three games. Yeah, a team that that seems like it's been on a tear of late is uh, Monadnock. Um, you know they we we kind of at the beginning of the year weren't really sure what they were going to look like because of just the numbers. A lot of the goals. numbers look like they were uh, weren't as high as they might have been in the past they lost a lot of talented kids um so that might know. be your that might be you know your game of the week in division three tomorrow uh having to go out to pelham so you know how well do they travel out to pelham and what you know what kind of numbers right actually the you're really going to find out because they got they got laconia on and friday the, and as then well. and then the one i'm looking at that i'm really hoping to get to is that that uh last thursday of the season at trinity uh that could be a big one potentially you know depending on what trinity does down the stretch too uh, for a home game, you know, uh, getting that four seed. Um, but not just, you know, with Monadnock playing as well as it's been, I look at their last two games too, and they got a one-goal win over Interlakes and then a five-goal game against Milford where Milford scoring 12 goals uh, against them. Um, you know, kind of makes me wonder just, you know, maybe, sure, Monadnock's seven and two, but they're not, maybe not that, some of these other teams that we, we kind of don't, you know, we haven't seen in the playoffs in a while. Obviously, Interlakes is a second-year program, so um, you know maybe those teams aren't as far behind as we might have thought. No, Interlakes is right there. I mean, they they lose by one to Monadnock, and they lost they lost a seven-six heartbreaker to to Guilford earlier in the year after beating them nine-six earlier. Um, you know, they are they're sitting at five and four right now, but could easily be seven and two. You know, so. Um, you know, but they they've got a they've got a tough stretch down the road here for for Interlake. So hopefully we'd love to love to see them love to see them get in. So hopefully they can get a few more wins and uh, get Coach Driscoll into the playoffs. You know, and and Milford's in a pretty good spot right now too. They they got a big win today over Guilford. Um, they turn around on Wednesday and play Lebanon, and they got Conval at home on Friday. I think Conval is the big one. If yeah. they can get a, if they can get a, you know they, you know. Uh, it looks it looks like they should be fine against uh, against Lebanon. Lebanon's been having a tough season this year, so if they win that game, that gets them to five win or six wins, yep. and then so Conval Conval could potentially be that that seventh win they're looking for. They got to finish with two tough games against Pelham and Hopkinson, but uh, Coach Erda I know, uh, out there has done done a really good job turning that program around, and uh, you know I think his son's been a big part of that this season. I keep seeing him in the box. Yeah, Ga Gavin Erda's had a big year for them this year, and you know if they they win out this week and get to seven and five i mean at worst you're looking at seven and seven and should be good enough to get you in it should be or well it'd be right on the cusp i remember you know division three is the one division it seems where there's always 
one team that that looks like it should be a playoff team that ends up just missing out. You know, I think it was Pelham uh, last year um, finishing in that tie was that tiebreaker. Yeah, day yeah, last, last day of the year? season they got knocked out. Um, yeah, so it's I mean it's gonna. And there's a there's a lot of games left to be played in Division Three in the last ten days here, and it's it's gonna be, it's gonna change daily. You know, Cole Brown, Cole Brown, another another newer program sitting on six wins right now with Interlake Moultonboro on Wednesday. You know that that has a chance to get them to seven wins as well, um, with Campbell and Stevens left there. So there's a very good chance that Cole Brown, as a as a new program, could make the playoffs this year. You know, now that we, uh, as we said at the beginning, doing this on on Tuesdays for the next couple of weeks, uh, I was really hoping that we would be able to sit here and talk about what uh, was kind of looking at as the the game of the year in uh, Division One girls lacrosse uh, with Pinkerton and Sauhegan scheduled to play earlier today. Of course, that game, you know, as we look out and see this nice sunset here over uh, over downtown Nashua, that game postponed earlier with, with good reason. I'm sure with the early rain today, Pinkerton's field was, was taking a beating and then the, the prospect of a you know lightning and delays yeah it's hard ad's yeah. got to make decisions earlier there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff involved and you don't want to you don't want to uh, ruin a, a really good a really good matchup like that and luckily it looks like they're playing that looks it like they're playing the next day they're playing play uh, Wednesday at 6:45 so interesting yeah. start there uh, late start you it was supposed to be a four o'clock game today um, you know but going going late should be I mean based on what we've seen from you know, results from the other top teams. I, I mean, I would guess that this is going to be a one or two two goal game, maybe even an overtime game coming right down to the end. Uh, you know, it should be a really good one. Of course, Pinkerton at fourteen and zero, um, Sauhegan I believe at twelve and one. You know, and and then Sauhegan has to turn around and go play Bedford on Friday. Battle for the playoff one seed, right? Yeah, yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> no, we were saying, we're well, joking about Bedford's, that, right? With Bedford's because loss today, with Bedford's I loss today, and there, there's a ton of there's there's a ton of movement that will probably that could still happen in in Division One there. So, but um, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, I, it's exciting. It's exciting time for uh, and then you know on the other side, it looks like uh, Exeter and Londonderry were supposed to play too, and that got port that got postponed till tomorrow too. Another late game at uh, at seven thirty there. So. Um, kind of interested to see how Exeter finishes the season. That's a team that I, I continue to be impressed with, with just their scores that they've played close games with Sauhegan and, and Bishop Girton and, and Pinkerton. You know, again, I, I think that could be a really tough quarterfinal matchup for, for the right team if they catch the right team in, in the playoffs there. You know, it's a big game for Londonderry because, you know, they've – I know that they, they toughened up their schedule a little bit this year to try to, you know – try to take advantage of, of playing some good teams and, and it may have you know backfired a little bit um, you know they're a younger team on defense I think that's where they've probably struggled the most this year uh, but they you know they only lost to Exeter by two the first time they played this year so you know if they were able to pull out this win then you look at they've got you know Merrimack, Nashua South, Hanover, who's just been decimated. They're, they're going to need. They're going to need to almost win out. Yeah, to yeah. get to get there. But I mean, the, the losses they have are against all the really good teams, the the cream of the crop in Division One. They just happen to um, play all of them. They twice. just happen to play all of them <laughs> twice. At least yeah. you know, most of them. You got to respect. You got to respect yeah. the fact that they went out and they they purposely scheduled all those games like that. I, and it's a situation. It's an interesting situation because I think Exeter was in that boat last year where they were you know probably a playoff team but because of a tougher schedule um they ended up missing out and you know they they have a tough finish to the season too you know with this game against Londonderry and then you look next week they play at Portsmouth and at Winnicunnet you know two you know as we've seen 
two really good Division two teams um, that, you know, neither of those games is, is, is a sure win. You know, and then uh, I think, you know, if we go down the list, we talked about girls Division two a little bit already. Um, you know, and it, it still appears as though, uh, you know, uh, Portsmouth and, and Winnicott are, are on a, a collision course at the end of the season. But John Stark showing that they, you know, not to not to be overlooked. We're, we're going to get a good look at them. They've got uh, Winnicott coming up on the 21st. Um, so there, there may be a little bit more. And, and, you know, Hanover played. Hanover's playing pretty well. Um, so top top four teams, I think, in, in Division Two are starting to take shape as well. Any other uh, any other final thoughts to wrap up the week on? Um, you know, I think uh, it, it's just going to be an interesting. So many teams have jam have jam packed schedules over the next ten days that you know I think it's going to start to become a little bit of a battle of attrition. And luckily, there there's some time to rest in between playoffs. In there, I think some teams are going to need it this year to get guys healthy because you're going to have to play so many games so quickly. And you know. Right now, the weather looks okay, but you never know. It could be 90 degrees next week, and, you know, all of a sudden dehydration and fatigue play a factor. 80s and humid you know. today. I mean, if anyone had actually – or anyone that played today, I'm sure it was feeling it. But we walk out the door later, it's it's dropped like – you know, it's dropped back. Tomorrow's going to be a gonna wonderful be day. Again. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. beautiful. So mm -hmm. I think that's going to be the big story over the next couple of weeks is, uh, you know, what teams are going to be the healthiest heading into playoffs and the teams that aren't healthy, can they get there quickly over that little break that we have over Memorial Day weekend? He is uh, Dairy Field Boys lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. Chris, thanks again for uh, stopping in and, and talking with us for the, for the week. Joe, thanks again for having me. Yeah. Looking forward to next week. I am uh, Joe Marcellina. Thanks again for listening.